Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sensational Kid Show. I hope everyone's had a good week and looking forward to the weekend. Today I want to talk about ADHD and how it presents in girls and women and how it is so often undiagnosed or missed. Um, as I've said before in previous episodes and, you know, as I've, I've written about quite often and quite openly, that I was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 42. Um, and despite working with kids who have ADHD, um, I just never saw it in myself. Instead, what I saw was a nervous wreck. Um, someone who had incredibly high levels of anxiety, incredibly um, oversensitive. And to me, that just was not someone who had ADHD. And I've been thinking about it a lot because I've seen a lot of girls, I'd say probably from the ages of eight or nine, and then adolescent girls, who, who present with ADHD symptoms, of signs of ADHD. And I've always wondered, why aren't these girls getting diagnosed? You know, what is happening that it's not being picked up? And I think one of the things is that at school, girls and boys present differently, right? So boys are overactive, they're quite boisterous with it. Teachers might see a girl being boisterous, but she won't think as often as they would of a boy be, um, having ADHD that the girl has ADHD. So quite often it's just um, seen as being hidden. And there have been various studies um, where they've looked at girls and boys and they found that there is just this gender bias, which means that girls don't get this diagnosis. They are, are missed. And what you would see is that boys get this higher score for things like um, learning difficulties or learning problems, hyperactivity, impulsivity, um, inattention compared to the girls. But, you know, the girls also had these symptoms. However, they will always be compared to the boys in the class. Um, and, and what happens is that consistently teachers would say that girls are less hyperactive, even though clinically they would present as being as, as hyperactive as the boys. Um, and so I thought I would just think about how, how girls may present. Um, and again, this is just based on my experience, based on my experience of working with a lot of girls and boys who have ADHD and how they present so differently. Um, I think one of the things is that what we see is this real lack of impulse control. So what it might look like is that you have a little girl who's incredibly um, verbally impulsive. So she's constantly talking. She's talking over others. She's interrupting others. She talks excessively or she changes 
topics again and again and again during conversations. She might just um, shout out words without thinking about how it's going to affect others. At the same time, this girl who has this lack of impulse control will quite often be just really, really oversensitive and, you know, might be seen as as someone who is over-emotional, who um, reacts too quickly um, and is just really, really easily excitable. Um you might also see that that gets missed as ADHD because we're told that girls are, um, you know, that's just what girls do. They talk a lot, they're chatty, they um, are sometimes even called precocious and they, you know, they're forward. Um, yeah. Another um, sign is that if a girl is always in motion, so if a girl is hyperactive, we might say that she is boyish or tomboy because she loves physical activities, but it's not typically what girls do. So again, you can see the gender kind of bias, the, the gender stereotypes coming into play here. Um, and, you know, and it might be that the movement is just less obvious. So for example, um, as I'm sitting here right now, I'm spinning in my chair. Um, you might find a girl that is constantly jiggling her leg or she will be doodling, um, constantly shifting her position, changing her position. So being unable to just sit in a spot, there will be, you know, moving the leg under the bottom, um, moving from side to side, standing up to work, being up and down the whole time. Um, and so there's that element of hyperactivity, which I personally just didn't see in myself. And yet when I went for my diagnosis um, and, and I was told that I had ADHD of the combined type, my initial reaction was, but I'm not hyperactive. You know, generally in my mind, if you're hyperactive, you tend to be constantly moving. And so you are slimmer. I am not slim. Um, and... And the psychiatrist looked at me and he said, you've not stopped moving while you have been sitting here. You have jiggled, you have looked around, um, you fidgeted with things on your jacket, with your hair, you fidgeted with your nails, you've not stopped at all. Um, and that was kind of a real eye-opener for me, just to think that actually, yeah, I, I do tend to move a lot. Um Another one that I, I'm always uncertain of, or that I was initially uncertain of, is that how well girls can actually compensate for being inattentive, for having that poor attention. Um, and, and that is our biggest challenge. I see girls, and I've, ugh, I saw a little girl just last week, and her biggest difficulty was paying attention to the task at hand. And... Girls tend to be, you know, we can get so easily distracted by just the simplest little things that are happening in our environment or just drifting off into this world of our own. And it might be that you're sitting there and a butterfly flies outside the window or a bird and that takes your attention away from the teacher saying, actually, your homework is due tomorrow or um, don't forget there's going to be a test tomorrow morning. 
And as that little girl with ADHD, I'd be looking out at the window thinking, oh, look at the little bird. There he goes. Oh, I wonder where he's going to. I wonder if it's a he or a she. Actually, is that bird going to see some other birds now? How do you think they speak to each other? And I would just be off on a tangent. And, you know, that would be something that I would do. And then to to compensate, what you might find is that girls will hyper-focus on the things that they really like or that they are really, really good at. So I can remember I would discover a new craft or a new hobby and I would put all my attention into that one thing. Um, but I wouldn't stick with it. And and yet when I was doing that one activity, I would put in so much effort, so much concentration and you know, they'd say, of course she can focus. Of course she has great attention. Um, and that's another way that your the, the, the possibility of ADHD is completely dismissed. Um, and quite often, you know, we use that hyper-focus or a, um, a little girl or a girl, an adolescent girl would use that hyper-focus in order to, to help her cope as a coping strategy so that when something is boring – that's how she's going to cope. Um, other times, it it does become a point where actually you feel you have n- no control over it. Um, you feel that actually, you know, it's not, um, yeah, it's just not happening for you at all. Um, you know, but there are there are so many other signs and symptoms that girls just tend to get overlooked. So. I've already said the daydreaming and being in a world of our own. I can remember making up the most amazing um, scenarios and I had the most amazing worlds going on. You know, there were yeah hundreds of worlds going on in my head, hundreds of characters and they each had personalities and they had stories like evolving little stories that were going on. And I was completely in my head and I, you know, something that I see now is that girls will say to me, oh, I will just look at them and you can see they just cannot maintain that focus. They start on one activity and then they move on to the next one. Um, You might find that actually, I think what I sometimes overlook is that I have some girls who really can appear quite withdrawn. They can appear quite shy um, and that they struggle really to to focus on on what's happening or in that environment. Um, I was often said to be, um, I appeared as though I was not trying. And that's something that I see time and time again on teachers' questionnaires, is that a girl is, you know, their um, standard of work varies from day to day. Their performance isn't the same. They appear to not be trying they look like they are not motivated they seem forgetful um they are often late they can't complete tasks or they can't start tasks and that's something that happens again and again and again um and you know and actually if i if if i think back to um parents evenings and i think back to school reports it was always must try harder um inconsistent unmotivated, lacks enthusiasm. I can remember that seeing that word for the first time on a signed school report. Um, 
And because I grew up bilingual, I had to say to my mom, what is that word? And she was like, I don't know. So I had to look it up. And it's like, actually, I loved science. How could they say that I was unenthusiastic about it? I loved all the experiments. Um, you know, and, and those are things that were constantly coming up. Talks too much, is late, doesn't get working on time, um, doesn't listen. And actually, I was listening to everything. Um, another one that comes up is, is with all of that is that they are, we are seen as, or we present as being quite disorganized, quite messy, you know, struggling to process all the directions, all the information, um, and and just struggles to shift from one activity to another if it's not in our terms. Um, or what we would do is we would just shift because actually this one has now become boring or I didn't get the instruction, so I have no idea what I'm doing, so I'm just going to shift and do something else. Um I think something that's quite common that I see a lot and that certainly takes a lot of boxes is is that overreaction to um, just emotions, having those really exaggerated or hyper hyper emotional responses, you know that hyper reactivity. So when um, you are told, no, or when someone doesn't want to play a game your way, you know, I see these little girls and I say to myself, become very black and white and I will never, ever, ever play with you again, ever, because you've done that. I mean, I can remember as an adult having a run-in with um, one of my local supermarkets and um, writing them a letter and they were you know, not as compassionate as I expected them to be about the turkey that they sent that was off just before Christmas and they offered me five pounds and I vowed to never, ever shop there again. And it was literally about 11 years before I eventually went, okay, and he said, this is just ridiculous. And I I, um, I shopped there again. You know, it's this very black and white, very... Um, yeah, harsh, I would say, really, really harsh. Um, I think one of the other other symptoms is is really just your sensory um, reactivities or your hyper-reactivities. And I can remember having to constantly sing and hum or make a noise because I needed that additional input, um, you know, chewing my nails, chewing my hair, Um constantly being just so hypersensitive to certain inputs, certain clothes, certain smells. There's a stretch, um, I was thinking about this the other day, there's a stretch of um, the M25, which is a motorway um, surrounding London. And there's a little stretch between, I can't remember the junctions, but where the road surface changes and I can feel it through my entire body that the road has gone from being smooth to just being so, so different. And every single time I drive on there, I know when it's going to come and I'm aware of it. I am so, so aware of it. And I can remember a parent saying to me, um, every time we go over this stretch of motorway, my child just really becomes unhappy they cry they are unsettled they moan and I can remember saying oh 
is it between these two junctions? And they went, yes. And I went, I know exactly why. Um, so, yeah, thinking about things like um, like those sensory triggers almost, um, which are just really, really, really often overlooked. And, you know, if you think about another one is the different types of ADHD. So I didn't realize this. I just thought ADHD and you were all over the show. Um, and, you know, you've got your inattentive type. So those are, as I've said, the ones who just struggle to pay attention or they make careless mistakes in their schoolwork. They can't stick to one activity. They're constantly changing the play. They're constantly changing the rules. They don't seem to listen when they're being spoken to or they, they struggle to follow those instructions or to finish their schoolwork, to finish their chores. Um, they can't organize tasks and activities. So they will, anything that requires a lot of effort will become a chore and I will just dislike it and I will procrastinate and I will do 500 other things. Um, you, I lose things so often and I become really distracted and really forgetful. And that's that inattentive side where actually the number of cups of tea that goes cold is unbelievable or the number of times that I don't brush my teeth in my bathroom upstairs because actually my mind has gone off and it's that it's not a habit that everyone forms naturally and that's a whole other conversation it's not something that I do routinely I can't form habits I hyper focus and then it's done and I move on to something else which is why I have a toothbrush in my car I have a toothbrush in my bag and I have one at the clinic so that I always have somewhere to brush my teeth in case I have forgotten, which is is quite often. Um, if I think about being hyperactive, I, you know, they are th signs such as, as I said before, constantly fidgeting with your hands or your feet, biting your nails. Um being unable to stay in your seat or stay in your carpet spot, um, running or climbing where really you shouldn't be running or climbing, being unable to do any activities really quietly or calmly, um, being constantly on the go, blurting out answers, interrupting others, um, talking like really, really excessively and then hurrying other people on when they are talking when it's their turn because actually you just want to carry on or you just interrupt and you just intrude their activities you intrude their conversations um and that's definitely one of you know the more subtler hyperactive side of things in in girls and then as i was told i had the combined type which is both inattention as well as hyperactivity and impulsivity um and yeah, so it's thank you very much for that. I've got the double whammy. I can't concentrate on my work, struggle to follow instructions. I, I will look distracted. I'm forgetful. I misplace things. Um, and I'm restless. I have high energy levels. I can't sit still. And even with the hyperactivity, something to remember is that it is absolutely exhausting. I have moments where I just crash, where I'm just, because I've been on such a high, I've been hyping myself up. I've been 
going at 100 miles an hour and then suddenly I am just exhausted. Um, and with this, I think it comes, you know, there's there's a lot of the being really, really easily upset um, and having real difficulties with self-esteem, really poor self-esteem, high, high levels of anxiety, high levels of social anxiety and um, yeah, and just that depression feeling just, you know, having that having that feeling of being withdrawn, of knowing that you're different, that you can't actually um, join in with others. And and I think last week, the reason why I'm talking about this today is because last week I had a little girl come and she clearly has ADHD and we were doing something and she just stopped what we were doing. She was struggling with it and she just said to me, she said, Anissa, why do I get things wrong all the time? And, you know, that was just... It just really stuck with me that actually we need to make sure that we get better at diagnosing girls who have ADHD, be it inattentive type, be it hyperactive or impulsive, and also getting better at spotting this. But also it's not just about giving the diagnosis, but giving the support making those accommodations, saying, actually, do you know what? Yeah, I can see how hard you're trying, validating those those efforts and saying, okay, I'm going to give you three short tasks to do instead of one long task because that is how you learn best and that's how I know that you are paying attention. And, and just acknowledging that actually it's a struggle. It is absolutely freaking exhausting to be distracted, to lose things all the time, to lose your train of thought, to have this uncontrollable, over-talkative, you know, where you just you change from one topic to the other. It is exhausting. Um, and we need to get better at just acknowledging that and just saying, yeah, it. I know it's hard. And, and what can we do to support you? Um, I'm hoping that that was just a little bit of an insight into girls and women with ADHD. There are so many other amazing podcasts to listen to regarding ADHD. And it's one of the topics, well, it is my topic for my master's is going to be looking at childhood sensory experiences of girls with ADHD who didn't get a diagnosis until, until their late adulthood. Um, Anyway, I am now going to use a cognitive strategy and stop talking because I could talk forever on this topic, but I won't. Um, have a wonderful week and let me know in the comments or um, any other social media what you have thought about today's episode. Have a wonderful week. You've been listening to the Sensational Kids Show.